Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Big shout outs this week to a couple of awesome people. First to Justin, who became our gold patron. Uh, thank you so much, Justin. And to James, our newest silver level patron. Uh, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, we are trying to hire a content manager at Majorspoilers.com, And we've got a goal that is set that we are getting really close to. So in 2022, if you can help us hit that content manager goal, they'll be writing some articles for the site, doing podcasts, a whole bunch more then head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Help us out. Help yourself out. Because when you uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers, you get access to all sorts of awesome things. So what are you waiting for? Get over right now. Take care. The major spoilers podcast covers news reviews, and of course spoilers and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Rodrigo. I'm Scott. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, the rule of three remains. We're going to be talking uh, Beast Boy Loves a Raven. And what's a tulpa, and why is it in my comic book? All this and more this week on the Major Spoilers Podcast number 959. Uh, Scott Johnson is here. Scott Johnson, hello. Hey, man. Good to be here. Thank you for having me on. I feel like this has been way too long since I was last uh, set foot here. So, yeah, I think the last I think the last time you were on was like within our first 10 episodes of this show all the way back in 28, 2008. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's been that long. That doesn't I mean, that seems insane to me that it's been that long, but I guess it kind of has. And, you know, part of it is we talk all the time on my morning show and mm-hmm. just don't think that much about it, but I'm really, really happy to be poking my head in here again. Well, we're going to be excited. Maybe some more exciting news come towards the end of the show. Rodrigo is also here. Hello, Rodrigo. How are you this week? I'm doing okay. In the pre-show this week, we talked a little about uh, some of the things that we're watching. We also talked about coping mechanisms and... Uh, some technology that we use behind the scenes at both the uh, major spoilers podcast and frog pants network. So you can go check that out when you become a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers. No Matthew this week. Uh, his kid is sick. Uh, I don't know how much you can share Scott without uh, breaking uh, HIPAA, but let's just say she's out of school for at least 10 days. Uh, that sounds like a thing. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. So uh, we don't have a traditional news segment this week. But I thought we would start, this is our second show of uh, 2022. I thought we'd start off by just talking about some of the things that we're excited about in pop culture for 2022. That could be movies, TV shows, etc. Um, I'll start off a while ago, uh, many, many years ago, there was a podcast called The Archive or Archive 81. Just found out that that is now being turned into a Netflix series. And I think it comes out in the next couple of weeks. So I'm kind of excited about that that's one of the things i'm excited what about uh what about you scott um for me it's uh horizon zero dawn forbidden west or horizon forbidden west i should say this is not zero dawn zero dawn already happened uh it's a video game and i finally got a hold of a playstation 5 oh and because lucky of you. that oh. yeah lucky me uh, i got really lucky how i ended up getting it but i'm excited because uh sony i actually kind of think sony's screwing up pretty bad this generation um, by not having e- some equal plans like Microsoft's got in terms of like Game Pass and stuff like that. Uh, as a result, I'm, I wasn't all that hot on a PlayStation to begin with, but they still have this thing with exclusives like nobody's business. They're just mm-hmm. some of the best exclusives yeah. in the business. And as a result, I that's what I want to do. So, and also I just like to have better coverage on my game shows. So anyway, finally got one. Uh, that'll be February. That'll be a big deal, I think. You also are getting a quest, right? Are you getting a new uh, quest? Yeah, I showed up today, in fact, um, <clears throat> doing some work with some some press and some other people uh, talking metaverse and gaming and VR and a couple of other uh, interviews like that. And as a result, I was able to get my hands on a quest, too. 
and been playing with that a little bit today. Barely just got it though, but um, yeah, excited to get more back into that. My I had a Quest One, but it kind of pooped the pooped the bed, yeah. as it were, and stopped working for me. And and uh, this one so far has been fine. <clears throat> so yeah, like most of my years, things I'm looking forward to are mostly game related, to be honest, because it felt like last year. I was all wound up for things like Dune and the Spider-Man movie and, mm-hmm. you know, things Matrix. like that. Yeah. Now that those things have come and gone. Oh, and that Matrix movie. Oof. Uh, <laughs> did not enjoy it. Um, but those, I don't think you know, I, Dune, Dune was my favorite movie of the year. It did not disappoint me at all. And um, now I'm kind of out of like, ooh, cool things to get excited about with movies. And I'm sure it's just because I haven't heard of two or three that are, that are coming. But, you know, outside the normal Marvel stuff, uh, uh, Batman, I'm stoked about. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely think- Batman. I'm looking forward to that mainly because I want to see how they deviate from Snyderverse material yeah. Yeah, and yeah. how they keep it hopefully fresh. Hopefully, we don't see uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne die uh, again in this one. I hope we can yeah, just that move would on be good. That, I don't think they're going to. I really, I think they're going to avoid it. I could be wrong. This is one of those cases where my faith in that movie being cool is based mostly on how much I like the director. Matt mm, Reeves yeah. makes very cool movies. And, um, and so a lot of people are very surface with this going, Oh, I don't know about Pattinson as Batman, or I don't know about so-and-so as the penguin or that outfit for the Riddler's real weird or whatever. And that's true. Those things are different and, and odd this, this run around, but I have tons of faith in that guy. And I think that he'll be the deciding factor as to whether or not this works. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of all in on that. So I, I, I guess think there whenever, is a movie I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I guess when I f- saw the very first trailer and this was what year ago, two years ago when the very first mm-hmm. trailer for that dropped or the first images dropped, first thing that came to mind is, Oh, this is Batman, but with seven. So they're actually going to hopefully play into the, you know, the thriller aspect of, and the detective aspect of Batman. But some of the later, more recent uh, trailers where it's all explosions and kissy kissy, I'm kind of, I don't know, but I'm still, I'm still going to, I'm still going to, you know, be strong about it. But uh, at the beginning, I was just like, oh, this could be the most awesome seven inspired comic book movie we've ever seen. And now it's just like, ah, there's some explosions. Rodrigo, what about you? Is there something that you're looking forward to in, in 2022? Um. Probably. I mean, I'm just generally interested. We're going to get Moon Knight, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, let's let's see what they do with it, because I think that like especially when you see him in interviews and stuff like Oscar Isaac, it feels like the movie can't get intense or weird enough for him. Right. It's like when you hear him talking about Star Wars, it's like, yeah, we wanted to do this, but they wouldn't let us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, you know, he was in like, uh, uh, what was Annihilation, right? Oh yeah, that um, movie's great. So it's like, you know that you know that he can get real weird, and Moon Knight is a real weird character. So I'm curious to see how much they like, basically how uh, how tight they are on the leash with him, or if they're just gonna let him just go nuts. Yeah, he was really good in Dune, I thought. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I have really high hopes for that show, mm-hmm. especially as a that's a weird comic, right? That's well, not the kind yeah, of thing you just recommend to people, but I really like it. So I hope they can nail it. I'm kind of curious about it mainly because I want to see how they handle the mental health aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, that, that will be, I think the, the most interesting bit. So here's, oh, here's yeah. what we know so far for this year that Marvel has scheduled. So Ms. Marvel is coming out moon Knight, Dr. Strange, mm-hmm. multiverse of madness, she Hulk, Thor, love and thunder, black Panther, Wakanda forever, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, What If Season 2, and Secret Invasion. Which one of those is going to be bumped first? <laughs> uh, well, you know they are, right? Like, there's no way. Well, I can, I can tell you right now which one is going to be bumped first. It's going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever yeah. because yeah. Um, the, the actress Shuri is somebody who is uh, recovering from an injury on set, but she's also someone who, um, let's just say, doesn't want to get a shot. And yeah, so she hasn't been back on set on. for a long time. So uh, I'm going to bet that that movie gets bumped into 2023 or, or beyond. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, they recast T'Challa, right? Or do I have that wrong? I don't think no, they've, I don't know. They've, they've gone on record saying they didn't want to do it. So they were going to have uh, Letitia Wright step up. And there were all these issues with Letitia Wright. Now, I, I think a lot of people 
not not necessarily involved, but sort of around the production are like, maybe we should recast the Chala, but there was still kind of that statement, right? That we're like, we're definitely not doing that. Yeah. Um, so now they have to deal with that and and maybe backtrack. That's interesting. Well, okay. Yeah, that one, okay. 100% with you that that'll get delayed. Everything else, I don't know. Maybe I, there's a I chance. Also, They've been I also heard that Doctor Strange may have had a bunch of reshoots that needed to be done because people didn't like the story, and so they may have had to go back and kind of rewrite large chunks of it. That's rumor that I heard, so mm. we don't oh, really man. report on rumor here, but that's that's what I heard. But I'm definitely betting on Black Panther getting the bump to 2023. It's pretty yeah. wild that... Uh, this is no spoiler to say that uh, that you know Doctor Strange is in the new Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's all over that thing, including the the, the posters and stuff. But uh, it's crazy to me that he'll be rolling right from that role, which chronologically will go straight from that a Spider-Man property, which the very you know the early trilogy of Spider-Man movies in the early two thousands, directed by Sam Raimi, and he's going to roll right out of this into a new film mm-hmm. for his character. Directed by Sam Raimi. That's just, a, yep. that's weird to me. It's a weird yeah. sandwich, you know? Yeah. And it let's hope fun, we though. get like Spider-Man 2 level Raimi and not 3 Raimi, because that was bad, really mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. Uh, objectively bad. And and I, and I don't want Doctor Strange, uh, the follow-up to Doctor Strange to be bad. I want it to be good. Rodrigo, what about you? Any of these yeah, that you uh, of, see uh, as getting a delay? Um, That I think will get delayed? Oh, man. Yeah. I... I don't know, but I, I, I really feel like they're probably going to use like the the, the first time out as like buffers. Oh, like they're yeah. probably like they're probably not going to want to delay like Love and Thunder, right? But I mm-hmm. think they're gonna put the pressure on like She Hulk or whatever to um and maybe slide that around the calendar to compensate for something else. And that's the other the other thing is that you have to remember that it's it's not just Marvel, right? It's Disney. So that's Marvel, you know, potentially any star Wars, although I think there, I don't know if there are any star Wars projects uh, ever being made again. Um, And then also just Disney's slate. Right. So um, at any point, any of those could get slid around the calendar to cover for, I don't know, Phineas and Ferb. They're not making Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> they could. Anymore, but, but you know what I mean. They could. Yeah. I get one, one gets the feeling they might be done with Star Wars movies proper, like in theaters type things, but this seems like the TV stuff's doing real well. Everybody's liking yeah. that. Yeah, Boba Fett Boba business. Fett. Have you watched more, it yet, Scott? I haven't watched any of that yet. I've, okay. So here's the thing. I keep hear, I've heard from t- a couple of people, friends, who say, it's the best Star Wars I've ever seen. This doesn't get any better than this and whatever. And then I've heard other people say, this is the worst thing they've made. Why are they making this? Yeah. So I don't I know am, what to make of it because these are all people I trust equally and I don't know what's happening. Guess what? They're both right. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, all no, right, they're we'll both have- they're both right. I've been watching it and the first episode I was like, well, this is kind of slow. And then episode yeah. two, it's like, oh, Boba Fett. But what or yeah, Boba Fett. But what if Lawrence of Arabia Boba Fett? And it's just like, oh, what? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm on for a little bit longer, but yeah, it's not. I mean, it's, 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 not, uh, it's not Robert great, Rodriguez, huh? right? It's Robert Rodriguez. So, um, you know, it's, it brings that sensibility to a lot of the storytelling, but the storytelling oh, is just so that's slow. That's interesting because that can be real hit and miss with him. Yeah. You I know? mean, it's no spy kids, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I like him fine. Uh, I guess, but silver or desperado is about as good as it ever got with me and him. But, mm. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I figured it'd be one I would binge. I would get it all at once. Yeah, probably. You know? I would, I would probably say do that right after you see Loki. Cause Loki is still yeah, Loki. So there's something that Loki's- you can look forward to in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The great new series in 2022, <laughs> Loki. I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to finally seeing the, um, amazing Spider-Man no way home. Um, mainly because I'm not going to the theater to see it. Uh, so that'll be something great. And I love the very first, uh, homecoming movie that was that's you know up there as one of the best uh marvel movies of all time yeah it's still pales in comparison what they what they pull off in this one is nothing short of a miracle that it works now whether it's going to work as well for everybody's sensibilities as it did for me i don't know i I bet it's going to hit all my spots so i'm okay but the one thing that i might go back to the theater to see scott 
Spider-Verse 2 coming out October 7th, 2022. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh. See, that's a good that's a good call because the theater experience for that movie, that first movie anyway, was amazing. It was just, that was one of the, when we saw the first one, we went as yeah. a family to see it. And I was, I was jazzed from moment one in that movie. And we came out mm. and I was giddy as all heck. We got in the car. Everybody else was really quiet. And I was like, let's go see that again right now. And yeah. I expected everyone else to kind of groan and roll their eyes. But everyone, including my wife was like, yeah, we need to go see that again. Yeah. That's so, an, this is such an awesome movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's I think one, it's still, I mean, it's still my, maybe my favorite superhero movie ever, let alone. Yeah, Spider-Man it is movie. by far the best superhero movie of all time. I woke yeah. up at three in the morning over the holiday break because I heard some noise out in the living room. I'm like, uh Oh, better go check and see what that is. It was the boys up at three in the morning watching Spider-Verse. So, you know, yeah, yeah good <laughs> it's, for them. It's You're raising them right. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's uh, jump in and talk some reviews. So the way we do this, uh, is typically we pull a new comic that is out this week, uh, and talk about it. But because Scott is here, Scott is someone who doesn't necessarily read brand new comics, but he is a huge fan of the unlimited subscription services from Marvel and DC and some of the other ones, image comics and comiXology, et cetera. So Scott, whenever Scott is on the show, he's going to talk about some older comics that he's reading. But Rodrigo, how about we talk about a John Leguizamo comic that is out this week? Yeah. Phenom X number three. Uh, I didn't know I had missed this series. Um, But yeah, it's uh, written by John Leguizamo of Encanto. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm kind of blown away by this. I really like him as an actor and a voice actor and everything, almost everything he's done. I had no idea he was writing a comic. That's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's the main writer, but, uh, there are two other writers as well. I don't know what all the involvement is, but he's, his name's front and center. Um, so, uh, Phenom X is the story of a man who is, kind of taken in by this uh, secretive organization um, and he has these uh, strange powers and the, they're kind of helping him uh, sort them out and kind of in, in return, he is acting as an agent for them. And uh, here they finally kind of coalesce and his powers are... Um, kind of the ability to take on the properties of things he touches. So interesting, um, you know, okay. your, your Mondo's or your, uh, other guys, that kind of a thing. Um, here we spend a lot, a little bit of time with his, uh, kid, um, as well. So, you know, it's like, uh, trying to kind of lead both lives at once type of a situation the the suit that they have him wearing doesn't have a mask and the situation that he's in really feels a lot more like he's an undercover cop than a superhero up until it turns out that the people that they're doing business with themselves have superpowers um and then it it becomes a throwdown and that's kind of where it ends um so we we need to get the next issue to see uh, just just how far that big guy knocked them to to next week or to next month, I guess. Um, art is good. I think the character at times is kind of meant to look like John Leguizamo. Um, but, you know, from panel to panel, you don't necessarily uh, get that. But there are some panels where you're like, oh, yeah, this is clearly like I, 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 I've seen this picture of him. Like this is a photo reference. Um, and then there are other times where it just kind of doesn't, um, which is fine. Uh, altogether it's, you know, this is issue three. I haven't read the previous ones, so take this with a grain of salt, but it's kind of hard to tell what all control this organization has in this world. Um, it's, it's hard to tell where exactly like the, like you know, with like four color superhero stuff, it's easy to tell, you know, when somebody gets punched that like really nothing's going to happen to them. Right. They're going to go through a table and they're going to stand right back up and keep fighting uh, with this. This kind of mixes a lot of real world stuff, but then flips on the super heroic. So sometimes it's a little bit 
uh, jarring to be like uh, somebody pulled a gun on him and is like, well, realistically, should he be afraid of somebody pulling a gun on him? Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff here, um, but it, it in a lot of ways, it kind of doesn't come together for me. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm going to give it uh, two and a half slices of meatloaf. It's, um, you know, solidly average. Uh, again, nothing wrong with it. I'm interested to see what happens next. I probably should go back and read the the previous issues. So again, you know, uh, take it with a grain of salt. I haven't read before. Maybe the maybe the lead up is real good. Um, but uh, yeah, just kind of generally lukewarm on it. All right, that's that's fair enough. I I saw this. This is out this week from Image Comics. I saw this and I was like, Jay, uh, John Leguizamo. I think I remember hearing about this book, but this is the first time I've seen it. So. Uh, people go, go check it out if you want. Uh, Scott, you're a big Warhammer 40 K fan. Apparently. Did you ever mm-hmm. play that? Play that when you were younger or no? No, that's, what's funny. Everyone always asks me this. I love 40 K. I love everything about that world. I've read many of the books, like the actual book books. The Horus heresy is amazing stuff. Um, I buy almost without question, every video game based in that universe. And sometimes I'll hear something's real bad and I won't pick it up. But for the most part, it's like if it's getting average to better scores, I'm like, sweet, more 40K for me. And I'll pick it up and play it. Um, Have you and played I love that it. new, uh, uh, what is it, Battle Sisters, Sisters of Battle game? Oh, that stuff is cool. Yeah. And there's like, they're like battle nuns, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's everything about it. The tech priests. I mean, basically, they took the Warhammer universe, which was very fantasy based, and just said, hey, what if we took, you know, things 40,000 years into the future. What would that same kind of world look like? And what it looks like is giant cathedral looking ships in space and people controlling many systems and a God emperor who's kept alive by all these tech priests who are basically, you know, kind of dark magicians or wizards, but in the future they're like all augmented and they're full of, you know, electronics and computers and they can all communicate over what they call the Omni Messiah and <laughs> just amazing world building and over the top stuff, very dystopic and just right up my alley. Um, if anyone ever out there listening ever played the game, um, Space Marine came out on uh, 360 yeah. PS3 back in the day and they're about to do a new one. It just got announced at the Game Awards. They're making a sequel finally. One of my favorite games of all time. Just absolutely love that stuff. So when I saw that Marvel, uh, was was putting out a comic uh, that started in October of last year, 20 or no, I'm sorry, October of 2020. Um, Cause now we're in a new year. I keep forgetting. Uh, I about 40 K I got really excited, but at the same time, I also got a little nervous because for the most part, it feels like the edginess of 40 K wasn't going to make it to a Marvel property, AKA a Disney owned studio. You know, I don't know. I, I, I conflate those two companies together a lot. And when it comes to comics, I go to DC for Black Label and Vertigo and and that sort of thing. And if I go to Marvel, it's a little cheerier and, you know, a lot of cutaways and not a lot of blood. It's just sort of Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, how are they going to do this? Uh, are they going to water it down or whatever? And instead, the comic, I should probably say what, I'm, uh, what I read. The comic is called Warhammer 40,000 or Warhammer 40K, Marnius Calgar is the name of the full series. It's a five-issue series, very short. Four bucks an issue, or if you have Marvel Unlimited, the entire thing's on there. That's where I read it uh, as it as it came out six months after it, it, it de- uh, debuted. Uh, the writer is Kieran Gillen, who's done a ton of stuff across all publishers before. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, I want to call out Jason Burroughs, who's the artist here. And uh, that dude just, everything, he, he clearly really likes 40K because he's, he is as he's adhering to the classic look of that stuff based on the tabletop game and all of that. Um, I've never played the tabletop. I have a couple of minis that I just kind of keep around, but I've never played it. I even understand how it works and I haven't played it. It just never, never happened. But the, the, all of the fiction around it, the world building around it, the video games around it just really pull me in. And I'm happy to say this thing got real dark, got real bloody, got real warlike and very Warhammer 40 K from start to finish. And I loved it. I will say I don't 100%. Okay, this is how I know if something's good 40K. If you don't 100% understand what's going on, it's actually a good thing. Um, Because by that, I mean, it's a lot of really highfalutin, like, 
uh, Ezekiel, to me, together, yeah. the space orc uh, menace will be wiped from the universe. You know, it's a lot of really high churchy talk for a futuristic sort of thing. And as a result, you can get a little lost in that language, but I love it. It's like ASMR for me. <laughs> I can yeah. listen to it all day. And so even though, uh, you know, I got the gist of everything, but even though I wasn't like following some of the bigger arcs that perhaps tied into other, other books or other properties, it didn't matter. The, the texture of it is exactly what I wanted. And the tone of it is right on. And I thought the writing was really good. The art is really good. They didn't hold back on sort of the, bloodier elements or the the warlike mm-hmm. elements of the thing for a marvel title and didn't even have to market as such it just was a marvel title uh and for good or for bad it it really worked for me so um i'm gonna highly recommend it my only complaint is there's not more of it it was a five issue run and they're done yeah well and like I said they have be more they have the um sisters of the Battlehood or whatever it is they have a comic about that that's out and i think there's one more warhammer 40k that uh games workshop and Marvel collaborated on, but I just don't remember what, what that is on the, off the top of my oh, head. So. I, I will read them immediately. I don't, I'm not sure the sisterhood thing is out. No, um, it started, out. it started after Marnius Calgar. So okay. it may not be out on the unlimited service yet. Matthew and I reviewed either one or two of these issues back on the dueling review podcast. And mm-hmm. my complaint was the opposite of your love. I, I thought the violence was a little bit over the top and extreme, but yeah. if that's what is makes up the Warhammer 40k universe, then it was totally on par. Uh, yeah, it's that, very so. consistent with that. And I guess that's what I liked. Well, I, I, at the very least, I respected that the publisher was like, yeah, that's what 40k is. So, yes, this is the comic you're making. And they didn't seem to interfere with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that world. Oh, man, it's so cool. It's very... It's very, um, you know, it's dark. This is not going to be everybody's favorite mm-hmm. thing. Certainly not in the, mm-hmm. in the Marvel context. It very much felt like a black label DC project, to be honest, or, yeah. or like, you know, something you'd see at, at uh, image or mm-hmm. even idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely at image. I could see this at image. So, uh, yeah, here at major sure. spoilers, Scott, we do not give star ratings. We yeah. don't give thumbs up or thumbs down. Instead, we base all of our reviews on how many slices of that good homemade meatloaf would you oh, eat? For this book. So we use slices of meatloaf out of five. I would eat. uh, My mom's is really good. 40,000 slices of uh, meatloaf. I did (laughs) (laughs) 38,000. No, um, I do four. I eat four out of five. All right. Yeah. Very good. I do that. Very good. Maybe in one sitting even it was, it was that good. It was just cover it with ketchup. It's one of those things where I know as I'm reading it, that not everybody's going to want this. And yet I'm sitting there being really happy and excited that it exists at all because it really speaks to me and I, I really hope for more. So I hope that book did well for them. I don't actually know how it sold, but I'd have to go, I'd um, have to go and look. I it's probably mid tier. So yeah. All right. It was very good uh, though. And it's, it's relatively new. It, it ended just this, this, you know, in 2021 and mm-hmm. is not that old of a book. So if people are out there thinking, is this ancient? No, it's, it's relatively new. So yeah. All we'll right. We're going to bookend. We're going to bookend our reviews with another image comic book. Another one that maybe people may not be for everybody. And I say that because Department of Truth number 15 and I and, and in fact, the whole Department of Truth series, I feel is very dangerous in that uh, I love conspiracy theories. In fact, in the last, I don't know, three or four months, I've really gotten back into listening to old uh, episodes of Art Bell and just listening to the craziness and zaniness that is that goes on on Coast to Coast AM from all those years ago, back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Just so crazy good. times. But the problem is today, conspiracy theories run out of control really quickly and people take them too seriously and it becomes super, super dangerous uh, to have. I mean, we just walk outside your door in the middle of a pandemic and look at all the conspiracy theories that are running around. And so the Department of Truth dives into every conspiracy theory that you could have ever imagined. This is from James uh, Tynan, the fourth and David Romero on the art. And uh, they originally started off with, you know, Oswald is uh, uh, the head of the department of truth uh, that we find out who shot Kennedy. They go into UFOs. They go into all these other things. And I think this is the issue that needed to come out when it did, because as I said a moment ago, uh, conspiracy theories can be very dangerous. And in this one, um, I forget what the tinfoil hat guy, uh, what his name is, but he's kind of, this issue is told through a government report. So everything is typed out. There's no word balloons. It's all prose as if you're reading a transcript from an interrogation. 
And basically, back in the 60s, 1967, uh, the Department of Truth, led by uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, decided that they wanted to capture a UFO. And the way that they thought they could capture a UFO was by spreading the idea of UFOs in the media so that everyone was thinking about UFOs so that the general consciousness of America would manifest a UFO. Right. This is the uh, Rodrigo. You know about this, right? This is the Tulpa, right? Rodrigo may have stepped away for a moment, but nope. Sorry. I was muted. Uh, this is a what now? Uh, A Tulpa, right? This, you know, you think about something and you make it. So that's, that's the Tulpa uh, idea. Right. And that's the idea that, uh, reality is what it is because we believe that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Except in the department of truth, people took it a little bit further. Right. So this idea of UFOs started to manifest into stranger, weirder things. And so issue 15 is all about the Mothman and how the department of truth manifested the Mothman into reality and how Lee Harvey Oswald, the, the, again, the director of the department of truth is so obsessed with capturing the Mothman that he doesn't care about the bridge collapse. He doesn't care about anything else. So it, it's scary and it's interesting and it is, the art is bizarre and I like this book a lot. Uh, I like this series a lot, but if you are someone that is easily led down the path of conspiracy theories, I wouldn't recommend this book for you. Go read something that is more grounded. Uh, but if you're into conspiracy <laughs> theories and you like people that go out on a limb and are willing to tell stories of your favorite conspiracy theories and make them creepy and scary and believable and wrap them all into one big overarching um, narrative, then I think Department of Truth is interesting. And if you are into the Mothman uh, conspiracy or the myth, then you definitely want to pick up the Department of Truth number 15. I'm giving it four slices of meatloaf. I enjoyed it. The art is very different. It reminds me of um, what's the uh, uh, Morrison book, the Arkham, the Arkham, oh, book, uh, the painted one. Arkham, not Asylum. Yeah, it is Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah. Is it Arkham it's, Asylum? It's, it's, I know the game yeah, is called Arkham that's Asylum. What it is. But it's it's all yeah, painted I love that and stuff. it's all drippy and weird looking. Yeah, I yeah. Like that. Definitely, Scott, check it check it out. Um, we have access to the review copy, so Scott, I think you should go and just flip through the art and just check it out because it is. Oh, I definitely will. Here's the thing: kind of uh, what you've described to me is something I totally dig on. I love conspiracy stories mm-hmm. in fiction, but mm-hmm. I also know they're fiction. Yes. And uh, I think that's an important distinction. Um, but for example, I can watch JFK and, mm-hmm. and appreciate it for Oliver Stone's direction. Amazing acting. I love just like where that thing goes. Um, but I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. this sounds right up my alley. I'm, I'm all and it is. And it, and it certainly goes into things like, you know, the Mothman stories of 1967 are a real thing. The collapse of that, uh, uh, the bridge uh, really yeah. happened. And they talk about yeah. the Mothman. So it's it's mixing fantasy and re- real events and real reports in with this. Uh, also, um, Tynan has a, what's that newsletter thing that everybody's hot for? Um, oh, uh, uh, I have one. I also run one. I forgot oh, the you name also of it. run one? Justin Robert. Yeah. Zine. One's run. Oh, Substack. Substack. Substack, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's got his own Substack that runs with the Department of Truth where he goes in and talks about all the various cryptids and things and makes up, you know, histories and stories about them. So people can go check that out uh, as well. That sounds great. I got to get into that. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that does it for the reviews. Dear listener, if you want to read more reviews, head over to Majorspoilers.com. We've got reviews going up every day of the week, as well as other great stuff like uh, So You Want to Read Comics. This week, I think Jonathan did a really great job. The theme is Amazing Spider-Man No Way Home. And so he's got some books, uh, comic books that you might want to read that involve everyone's favorite webhead or two or three or more. Uh, you can go check that out over at Majorspoilers.com. And if you want to join in on the discussion about anything that we're talking about in the show, make sure you head over to our Discord server. It's totally free. There's a link in the show notes. Just click on that. It'll open up your Discord app and you're in. You're in with the cool kids. You can say hi to everybody. You can play in games, talk about sports, video games, RPGs, whatever it is that you want over in the Discord server. If you want even more out of the Discord server, then become a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Link your Patreon account to the Discord server, and then you get access to secret channels 
in the Major Spoilers Discord that are only available to our patrons. Find out more at patreon.com slash major spoilers. All right. Uh, I would like to bring somebody into the show right now. Uh, Scott Johnson, I would like to introduce you to your space daughter, Ashley Victoria Robinson. <laughs> Ashley oh, Victoria man. Robinson, here is your space dad, long. Scott Johnson. I feel like we need to have Thanksgiving or some sort of family get together. What's going on? Knock, knock. Uh, are we doing American Thanksgiving or Canadian oh. Thanksgiving? Oh, that's right. That's or Star right. Trek we'll, we'll do like space, like Star Trek Thanksgiving. It's fine. We'll do it like halfway in between. We'll do space giving. Yeah, we'll play a and, little and triple level the, chess or whatever after dinner, and it'll be great. Oh my god, I'm so bad for at chess. Please don't do that to five me. Five <laughs> or six of you that understand what we're talking about. You are standing in the center of the uh, Venn diagram of uh, Frog Pants. Major spoilers and geek history lesson. You're welcome. That's true, yeah. though. <laughs> Yeah, it's a quite it's quite a position to be in. It's a, a bit of a I don't know what's that. It's like being in the corner when four states meet and they got like a cool little <laughs> visitor center yeah. there and stuff. That's yes. what this is like. Uh, the reason why Ashley is on here, Ashley, you were off at uh, at uh, practice play pr- play practice or is this a rehearsal for? Oh my a- god, what are you, my mom? No, it's a rehearsal. <laughs> Okay. Play practice. <laughs> my Sorry. mom will be like, how was practice? <laughs> She's really sad to become a professional 80s. athlete. <laughs> What's uh, uh, what's yes, been going on I with just Ashley? Got in, and I know we're talking about this book, so I had to come talk about it. Uh, I am going to be doing a show at the Wallace Annenberg Center for Performing Arts, which is a big theater in Beverly Hills. Um, I can't officially tell you who I am playing yet, but it is a character who could be considered a cryptid. So oh, nice. that's been taking up a lot of my time and it'll go up in March and there will be a very cool picture to go with it. So very, very but cool. I had to come talk about Teen Titans babies. Yeah. So a while ago, it's been a couple of years now. I was on Instagram and it suggested some artwork by this guy named Gabriel Piccolo. And I instantly fell in love with his art. He was doing stuff that featured uh, members of the Teen Titans, so Cyborg, Starfire, Beast Boy, and Raven, and they're all like, you know, casual teens hanging out, falling in love, doing relaxing things, and it's just like, oh my gosh, I love this art. And I mentioned it to Ashley, and it turns out that we were both following Piccolo at the same time. Uh, yes. Fast forward a couple of years and find out that he and Cami Garcia uh, released a, a series of books, and I think there's more on the way. The first three books um, are about the Teen Titans uh becoming a team for the first time. And so a lot of that art that we were seeing from Piccolo was the inspiration, I think for the series or inspired from the series, but there were two books before the one that we're looking at today. One was focusing just on beast boy and how he got his powers. And the other one focusing on Raven and how she got her powers and discovered that her dad's a demon. And then Slade, uh, kind of pointing them in the direction of where are we at? New Orleans. um, for the this book for this story. In Nashville. Oh, Nashville. Sorry. So, yes, um, Beast Boy loves Raven. Ashley, give us a rundown of what's going on in this book. I'll tell you a depressingly not high amount of smooching. I was hoping for many more <laughs> smooches over the course of this book. If you've read the first two books, like Steven said, we have a Raven throttling towards Nashville on a train and a Beast Boy throttling towards Nashville on a bus. They both get the same text message from Slade being like, hey, fam, sorry, I'm going to be like, I can't do Ron Perlman. Uh, I'm going to be a couple days. Uh, and so they have to kill some time. And what are you else are you going to do as an underage person who's not allowed to drink in America except wander around and do all the tourist things? They run into each other at a coffee shop. It's a very cute, meet cute. Uh, the weirdest thing about this book is honestly nobody has a problem with Gar carrying Kong around in his backpack into mm-hmm. public places mm-hmm. and restaurants, but that's fine. They have uh, a cute me cute. I already said that that actually doesn't go super, super well, but they wind up becoming friends, forging a bond and Raven needs a place to stay at night after she gets pickpocketed. Not as psychic as she thought she was. So Gar very generously offers to let her stay in his hotel room. They both kind of get a glimpse of each other's powers without really understanding what's going on. But that helps on the uh, potential smooching front because it connects them on an emotional level. Then they learn that their their friend who they're meeting, and I guess it's because they're teenagers, um, 
they don't seem to understand, like they can't quite figure out that they're both meeting the same person 15 minutes yeah. apart into different, but that's okay. Um, comics have done way sillier things than that over their time. They both go to meet Slade in their respective locations. And then all this time, Raven's adopted sister has been following her around, tr- trying to make sure that she's okay because she's also a witch with powers. And it is also revealed at this time that Damian Wayne, who's going to be this team's version of Robin, although I will say only nominally Damian Wayne, thankfully not Mm -hmm. actually comic book Damian Wayne, Mm -hmm. also emerges. So we kind of have our A teams and our B teams being uh, either kidnapped or stalking their way into Slade slash Hives facility. And what's cool about that is it's run by Alina, who if you are a deep cut Teen Titans comics person, um, is Slade's ex and like is the one who was too extreme and took things too far. And then they have to rescue their fellow Titans. Everybody learns that everybody has powers. They all have a nap in the woods. And I finally get the smooch that I wanted. <laughs> oh, and we and we imply that Starfire's there as well. That was cool. Yes, too. <laughs> I mean she's coming up next, right? Because that's who Slade yeah. is meeting, and I'm hoping. Again, I haven't heard anything about swap meet. (laughs) I know, right? I haven't heard anything about Teen Titans uh, Starfire and I haven't heard anything about Teen Titans Cyborg. So I hope those are still two projects that are in the works because I would like to see. I believe this come together is is Robin. Oh, okay. Well, I don't care about that. Because we already have 36 bad books. Why not one more? I'm sorry, Scott. You, You haven't heard my diatribe here yet, but I despise Damian Wayne with every fiber of my being. I think yeah, it's the, I, he's I the worst Robin of all time. You're not a fan. Yeah. No, he's the worst Robin of all time, and yet they keep forcing <laughs> him into every book. But what are you going to do? He I mean, is he's, a little he bit smarmy. I will say, though, in this particular book, and he's not like uh, Ashley said, he's not in it a ton. Um, but when he is in it, they seem to know that Damien's just kind of a cocky little weenie boy. And, and, they, <laughs> and they play it up pretty well. I mean, I have to say overall, I, I don't want to jump the gun here, but man, I thought I was getting to read this and not like it at all because I'm not even that big of a Teen Titans fan to start with. And second, secondarily, I just thought, oh, is this going to be some CW romance, whatever it is? I don't know if I'm in the mood for that. I loved this book. <gasps> loved Yay. it. I was shocked how much I liked that. I actually gave a crap about Beast Boy for the first time in my life. <laughs> and I didn't. You don't like I Beast Boy. I mean, Are he's fine. Fight? He's fine, but I, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a late convert. If and in the right hands, the story can be told in a way, you know, that that, that will grab me. But I felt for these characters. I wanted to see them succeed. Um, when they were being held and basically tortured, having their powers tortured, it was really that was really dark stuff. It was really meaningful to to have them get out of there. Like I. I freaking loved this. I loved it. It ended too fast. I was like, I'll oh, keep going. Yeah. Keep giving me issues. Let's go. That's why I want to get into the other stuff. Rodrigo, real quick, what, what is your initial reaction to all of this? Uh, well, I love the art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I really enjoy how uh, the all the Robins change, but everyone just stays the same. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the yes. Teen Titans are always the same. The you know the new Teen yeah. Titans uh, are yep. always the same, except you get a new Robin every time. Yep, that that is correct. So so Scott, would it surprise you to learn that this is a YA book? Uh, yeah, it would actually. Yeah, it does surprise me. Yeah, this is this is aimed at that that young adult uh, middle grade audience. Uh, Maybe I need to read this. more young adult comics because this really got me. I don't I know. Think man. You do. I think I really don't know what I expected. I just thought it was going to be this love fest nightmare and it, it, it wasn't, it was subtle and smart and I didn't, how do I put this? And maybe a lot of the young adult of fiction is like this and I just haven't paying, been paying attention, but it seems to respect its characters and the characters aren't mm-hmm. just stereotypes of some idiot teens or whatever they had. They had much more going on and it was, I don't know. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. I, really I read, it. I've read a couple of YA books. Obviously you get into things like Harry Potter. That's YA, um, young, young, young adult reader stuff. But I read that book a couple of years ago, Ashley comics will break your heart, uh, mm-hmm. which was definitely I read it on your recommendation. Yeah. And that I was really surprised by that. It was really good. 
And then I'm in the middle. I'm, I should be done by Friday. We'll maybe talk about this on finally Friday. This is all your fault that you recommended last year um, mm -hmm. about the bookstore um, kids. And it's really mm -hmm. pretty good too. So uh, I think that people see that YA tag on a book or middle grade tag on a book. And that instantly turns people away from it. And I think what they end up doing is missing a lot of really good story that can be found in there. Rodrigo, why, why, why is that? Is that, that, that whole concept of comics are just for kids taken to the next level? Uh, sort of, I think there's a, there's a reasonable impulse there and there's like an unreasonable impulse there, right? The, the unreasonable one is, oh, this is for kids. So it's not any good. Right. And, and that is, you know, comics and animation and movies or whatever. Right. If it looks like it's for kids, a lot of people automatically, a lot of adults automatically bail out because they don't expect that they're going to like it. Um, what what is kind of reasonable about it is that uh, YA stuff is a, 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 a fertile ground for monetization. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like. Uh, teenagers have some disposable income, their parents buy them stuff. Um, and hooking that generation with YA stuff is like really could be really good. So YA stuff often gets like flooded with mediocre stuff, just hoping to to land something. So it's it can be hard to find your uh, Beast Boys Loves Raven or your Runaways or your, mm -hmm. um, uh, what was the name of that? A uh, girl that is like a detective in a hotel. Hotel oh, detective um, girl comic. Yes. Uh, yes, that one. Yeah, you know, Goldie something. Yeah, yes. Goldie Vance. Oh, Goldie That's Vance. It. Goldie yeah. Vance, yeah. <laughs> like your, your, your standouts, right? It's, it's hard. Sometimes it can be hard to find those in a sea of like so-so stuff. Yeah. And so I think that that's why, and, and, and certainly with comic books for a long time, the industry has kind of pushed as the, their audience aged. They kind of followed that aging audience and they kind of left. Mm -hmm. younger readers behind and now i think they're discovering oh my gosh look at we can they look at um hilo or they look at uh captain underpants or uh, cop dog mm -hmm. or whatever it is dog cop um and they're like holy crap there's tons of money to be made here we need to go back and reinvestigate um reinvestigate this market so i think this is really good and i think for this and i'm, I'm sorry ashley that it didn't have more smooching uh, there's never I, enough Raven and Beast Boy are like one of my like OTP like they're one of my favorite because I'm such a sucker for Teen Titans and she's like oh, the yeah, sad yeah. goth girl like Raven is who I wanted to be when I was 12 years old yeah. um, so and then I you know I really like nerdy guys so that's Beast Boy so I would have mm -hmm. you they could have it could have been 128 pages of just them smooching and I would have been like this is the best book I've ever read I love it <laughs> Well, but I think that that's, I think that that's what makes this work, right? Because it is, Hey, here are these two people meeting and discovering some common interests and kind of falling for each other and building up that moment of, Oh, when are they going to kiss? You know, she's, she, uh, as you said, gets pickpocketed and she can't afford her hotel room. And Gar is just like, Oh, come crash at my place, mama. Although he doesn't say mama, which were people of the, uh, the teen Titans, uh, which one is it? Go <laughs> series yeah. where he's always calling her mama. There's none of that in here, but he's like, yeah, why don't you come hang out at my place? And then of course he has a freak out with his powers. And so she ends up in bed with him as she's trying to, you know, make sure that he's okay. And they fall asleep there. And it's like all these little tender little moments so that when they are at the end of the book, totally making out you're like yes this is the payoff that i wanted in this book so yeah, it's really good i was surprised I, this is the kind is this canon like in, is this official no, canon this of is their this is one of the many stories that you can decide is canon or not canon yeah this is part of dc inc which is their ya um series which is published directly through uh random house i believe mm -hmm. so yeah. it's it's only canon to the three books in this series so far but it's canon to me <laughs> well the the thing yeah. about these like side imprints is that at any point they can become canon right if if uh dc comics decides that like uh for example on the complete opposite horrifying uh side of the spectrum the killing joke right which started out as non-canonical and now basically has been slotted back in as part of the universe so there's always that possibility yeah that's interesting i this one is fine as if, if this is canon i really enjoyed it it was great yeah. 
Well, and I mean, as Ashley said, when you look at Teen Titans, you're looking at, and especially if you watch the animated series stuff, you've got Cyborg and Beast Boy and Robin and Starfire and Raven. So, you know, you've got those characters there ready to go. And um, so, you know, I have said this before, and it probably bears repeating, Teen Titans and even more so Cyborg. Cyborg is the most versatile character that DC owns because he can slot into adult adventures in the movies. He can slot into teen drama on uh, HBO Max. He can be in silly, funky cartoons. I mean, he can be all over the place, but then you can expand upon that and you can say, well, the teen Titans really are that cross property that can reach 50 year olds and 10 year olds and still be relevant to each, depending on how you spin it. And in this case, they're spinning it to that, you know, 10 to 18, 21. I think Ashley just turned 21. Um, I'm very uh, age, young. Yeah. You're age, so young. So, <laughs> yeah. 21. So I think now that you can drink in America. Good job. <laughs> Finally, I don't drink. <laughs> so I think that that's why this book works the way it does. And it's, and it's a nice little romance story. It doesn't, it gives you the drama that you need. It gives you the action that you need, but it doesn't get too melodramatic. Right. No, it earns um, it. It totally earns yeah. it. I, that's that's the thing I came away with. It wasn't just like drama for drama's sake. It, it they earned it with what was happening to them. The internal dialogue stuff was really that rang true to me because it always feels like when mm-hmm. you're, you know, a teenager or whatever, you don't really know if what you're saying is what the other person's hearing. And so, you know, they both have these powers. They don't want to show each other, so they'll say a thing, but the internal dialogue says something else, and. That little, all of that stuff. I mean, it's common in comics in general, but I I thought it worked really well here. I am very curious if, oh, go ahead, Ashley. I was going to say, I also think that this book just has a very intangible cool factor to it. And a lot of that Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. in Gabriel Piccolo's art. Uh, When he was just drawing, uh, I think he called them casual teen titans for fun. There's an image he drew of Raven and Beast Boy like cuddling on a bed in his crappy mm-hmm. studio apartment. Like that was the lock yeah. screen on my phone. And I think, yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah, one of the smartest things DC ever did was be like, just that guy, come and do that. We will give you money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that is, it's not that that's missing in the mainstream DC comics, but there is something about that like hyper stylized very anime inspired style that feels it, it. I don't know. It feels very cool. And it feels very now in a way that more traditional comic book art doesn't. And yeah, I'm not I saying agree. that traditional comic book art isn't cool because obviously it is, but there's just this intangible, cool quality. Like you feel like I would, I could sit with the, I didn't have a cafeteria, but I could sit in the cafeteria with the cool kids and have this out and I might not get hit. Yeah, Scott, if you're if you're not and you like this style of art and want to see more of it, um, he's on Instagram at underscore Piccolo. Okay. And I would highly recommend that you check out his entire series because I don't know, again, as Ashley said, this guy was just drawing stuff in DC. He was like, let's grab him. But if you want to get an idea for maybe where this story might be going, just scrolling through his art, art archive might give you a lot of that. So he's very talented, very talented artist. So, okay. Yeah. I like that that's a, lot. a good follow for me. That sounds great. Yeah. Is there anything that you guys didn't like in this series? Uh, Rodrigo, how about we start with you? Was there, what, what didn't you like about this book? Um, I guess I, it's, it's not so much that I didn't like it. I'm just like, um, th- there are parts where I'm sitting through this book and I get kind of flashbacks. So I'm like, these characters are like players in an RPG. Like mm-hmm. there's like all of these obvious signs and they just don't see them. Um, and it's like, you basically have to kidnap two of them and they're like, Oh, well let's investigate what's happening now that two people have been kidnapped. Um, so, you know, it's like the characters are supposed to be kids. It's fine. You know, obviously there's a lot of, uh, purposeful trepidation there, but there are times um, where where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, if these two characters just like mentioned one thing to each other, like this whole thing would would just speed up so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do kind of have that like moments of like, come on, you two, or why are you doing this? Like you're you're mad at them because they're just not understanding. But I think the writing in here is good enough that it that it felt like they again kind of earned it. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know. It's a subtle thing. It's hard to do, 
So it's not much of a complaint for me either more that more of a just, yeah, you definitely notice that. And, and you want to, you know, that's like my wife's freaking Christmas movie she watches. And I just want to <laughs> scream at the screen. I'm like, dude, you know, this is just, you drag, you Jack trippered some weird misunderstanding mm. and this happens in this book, but I don't know. They kind of earn it in a way that I didn't expect. Was there anything that did stand out that you didn't like in this, Scott? Not really. Um, I will say the art, as much as I like it now, took me, it took a little time to grow on me. Oh, really? Um, but, but it did. And it's, I don't know why that is. There's a sparseness to it. Got kind of a Matt Fraction, you know, Hawkeye sure. vibe a little bit. And I, and, mm-hmm. it, and I like that stuff. Um, but I wasn't, sh- I just wasn't sure how it was going to fit here. Or if the comic parts, like the, you know, the, the fantastical moments where he transforms into things or where she, you know, her spirit, th- uh, shadow bird thing leaves her, all that stuff. I thought that was going to come off as kind of, I don't know, not cool, but it, but it worked. It ended up working for me. I think oh, yeah, certainly was better than I expected. Yeah. Certainly there's a moment where Trigon shows up, uh, and unleashes, uh, all heck on, on the hive, uh, guys that could have gone really yeah. cheesy, really quick, but it didn't. And it, I thought no, it worked it works, really, really it well. So yeah. I, that's what I, I was don't worried have... about. Cause when she was, she's arguing with him earlier saying, well, I'm not letting you out this time or, you know, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what she's going to do about her father demon business. Um, when he did finally make his exit, it, it really paid off. It looked great. Yeah. Raven and her uh, demon daddy. Uh, Ashley, what are your, um, what are your final thoughts on, on this book? Oh, I'm such a mark for this book. So it's going to be hard for me to tell you anything truly objective. I think this series is really special. Um, Steven and I have been saying for a long time that the original graphic novel and the all ages space is where some of the most exciting comics is happening. And I think Mm -hmm. everyone's really positive reaction to this sums that up. I do wish, because I have read the other two, I do wish they'd fought Slade in this one, but I understand that we're waiting to get everyone together and uh, Deathstroke is such a Robin specific villain that even though it's the wrong Robin, uh, he's going to be the one. He's going to be a key to defeating him when the Titans finally come together. I think the romance here is really well earned, which is always a tough thing when they're canonical couples that you're used to seeing together. I really like the introduction of new characters and new dynamics. And my real only complaint is uh, I read this in like an hour and I wish I wish I could have taken some longer mm-hmm. time with it. Mm-hmm. Scott, final thoughts from you? Uh, kind of the same thing. If I have, if I wished for anything, it was a discovering it earlier and B, I want more of it. And I kind of want it now. It does. It ends in a way that I'm like, Oh no, don't end here. I want more than yeah. this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, this is definitely something I'm going to follow up on. Cause I can't believe I'm even saying it. I was really sure I wouldn't like it. And I really liked it. Good. I'm glad we've changed your attitude. I'm glad she really did. did. I'm surprised. Yeah. I care about Teen Titans suddenly. I don't. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Rodrigo, final thoughts from you. Uh, yeah, this uh, this series really goes to show um, what happens when you give something focus and time. Right? If it's like you can write a Teen Titans story that's very good from the point of view of the relationship between two of the characters, right? And that's what this book does, and it does so successfully. Um, you know, especially the Teen Titans really lend themselves to this because they're teens. So um, there's lots of ways to approach it and lots of ways that you can get a good comic out of it. And this is this is a good example of that. Yeah, this is one of those rush right out in a buying frenzy books for me. In fact, what I would suggest, even though the link in the show notes is to the individual book, what I would suggest is you buy all three of the books. They they sell them at Amazon as a collected uh, like box set. So you can get uh, yep. Beast Boy Raven and Beast Boy Loves Ra- uh, Raven. And then you can have uh, three times the reading enjoyment that Scott and Rodrigo and myself didn't get this week because we didn't read the previous two books. But definitely go and buy this book. It's a lot of fun. The art is just gorgeous. I want to scan every page and put it on my phone, uh, but that would probably be illegal. So uh, until then, I'll just have to look at, uh, at Piccolo's uh, Instagram page. To their credit, they didn't, it didn't, as much as, you know, I don't have the first issues they did a really great job of this being a cohesive standalone. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel confused. I, I kind of filled in the, the blanks. Um, I, I made me want to read them, but it didn't ruin it for me. And I, that's also hard to do. Yep. Excellent. All right, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, teen Titans, beast boy loves Raven from DC comics. And I think that's where we're going to wrap it up this week. Scott Johnson, tell us where we can find more of you. 
uh, too many places to say all in one <laughs> statement. So I will just recommend the one place, which is frogpants.com. Um, I would uh, put the shout out out there. If anybody out there is really into retro gaming, be it arcades or old consoles, that sort of stuff, just launched a brand new show with my pal, Brian Dunaway, uh, focused entirely on that called play retro at frogpants.com slash play retro or wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we go real deep on old stuff and there's a lot more to it than you might think. I grew up in arcades. My dad owned arcades and old arcade machines in the house. And uh, that's a that's a big thing for me. And uh, I think they're, that gives it a little personal edge. So if that sounds interesting, you can check out the latest at frogpants.com uh, under the podcast section. And for everything else, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter or something. I'm over there at Scott Johnson. All right, Scott, did you have fun, fun this week? I had a total blast. I had no idea you were bringing in Space Daughter. That was news. I know. Hey. No you want to come? You want to come back again, Scott? Yeah, I'm going to come back. Uh, I'll come back again, Stephen. All right. So here's the deal, ladies when you and want gentlemen. Me, when do you want me back? <laughs> uh, here's the deal. Scott Johnson is going to be part of the Major Spoilers podcast, providing his schedule is open and he's not doing big things with big corporation stuff. Uh, he's going to be back on the second week of every month. So the next time Scott will be back will be on February 8th. It'll be a general chat show, so we'll just be talking about anything and everything at that point. But uh, Scott will be back on the second Tuesday of every month and uh, super excited to have him here with us. So thank you, Scott, for being part of it. Heck yeah, I'm stoked about that. So uh, I look forward to being here more on the regular and, I don't know, finding more comics I thought I didn't like that I now like. Oh, yeah. Wait till we get to some manga. You love the manga and it's coming up in April. So oh, yeah. you know how much I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you uh, also can convert for, me to manga, I'll that'll be a feat. I, Holy crap. I'll be interested because I'm not too sure about this one that you'll be reading Demon Slayer. We may flop that around yeah. with uh, One Punch Man. But uh, yeah, that one may be interesting. So anyway, right. uh, for those of you that are having your um, uh, comic dorks jonesing, uh, here's a little bit of that in, in this in this way, shape and form. So, uh, Ashley, where can people find more of you? Uh, you're actually going to be able to find a lot more of me at Majorspoilers.com. I'm going to be doing a lot more writing this year because we Yay. contribute in all ways that we can. I'm actually really nervous about it. So thank you for everyone who will be kind because we have great fans. Uh, and then just subscribe to the whole Major Spoilers podcast feed and you'll get me every time I'm here, every time I'm on Finally Friday and mm -hmm. Geek History Lesson. Uh, next week, we're going to do Peacemaker. And I had to read every issue Peacemaker was in. So you oh, better sorry. listen to it because it was I'm work. sorry. <laughs> Scott, Scott, did you know that Peacemaker, he wears that crazy uh, toilet around his head? It's actually packed yeah, with explosives. <laughs> and, and It's actually it's packed psychic. with explosives. Yes. There you wow. go. Oh, Ashley will be part of Finally Friday this week. We're going to be talking a little bit more about cancellations in 2022. I'm going to mm. grill her about uh, this book that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so you'll want to tune into that live Friday uh, at 4.30 p.m. Central Time on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash frog pants. No, not frog pants. That's Scott's channel. Twitch.tv slash <laughs> major spoilers. Yeah, Scott, just put us on there on your, uh, on Two your feed for when you're not broadcasting. Two screens, watch whatever is streaming on both. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm so used to just popping over there on Mondays to be part of the, the morning stream. But uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash major spoilers. Uh, Rodrigo, where can people find more of you? Uh, actually, speaking of Twitch, I'm I've started doing a lot more streaming, so you can find me at Twitch.tv/slash El Pikachon. Um, that's like Pikachu, but like more like uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can always find me at Fearsome Critter on Twitter. What What's the best day and time that you usually stream so people can jump over there? Uh, I'm trying to stream every Wednesday starting at around 2 p.m. Pacific. Okay. So I usually stream right before we do Critical Hit nowadays. And El Pikachan, is that, are you playing Pokemon games? Is that what you're doing right now? Or is it a mix? Mostly, mostly I'm playing Pokemon nowadays. Right now I am doing an all poison types run. So all the, all the Pokemon in my party are poison types. And that's what we do on Wednesdays. Uh, if I'm streaming randomly on other days, we'll do, we might do something else. Uh, but yeah, definitely Wednesdays is the ongoing adventures of uh, Petunia, who wants to be a poison type trainer. Nice. And uh, once Scott gets Demio installed on his quest, uh, maybe I'll jump back on uh, our uh, Twitch channel and do some live streaming there and have him join in and we can play some Dungeons and Dragons VR stuff. 
So there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta get that Demio game. In fact, I'm, thanks for the reminder. I think I'm gonna pick that up in the next the, day or so. so. The third installment is just awesome when you go outside, and the Bard character is awesome. So a lot of good stuff in there. All right, right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for listening. Uh, Currently, our show is entirely funded by you, our patrons. So thank you so much for those of you who back our show. Yeah, if you want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and sign up for the silver level membership. Uh, You can also support us by using the affiliate links, uh, which you can find at majorspoilers.com. We'll be back next week. Next week, we are talking about, let me flip over here really quick. Oh, it is Flash Gordon, the Death Planet. Yes, we're going back into newspaper strips on the next Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. There's more surprises in 2022 to come, so stick around. Fat Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being in the Middle East With a king sign throwing soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC You know how to book flights and hotels All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.